1: From the Features staff at the Columbus Dispatch, this is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Assistant Features Editor at The Dispatch. There's a lot going on this week, so let's get to it. A good way to start is by wishing you all cilantro, a traditional Irish toast to your health. I think I'm pronouncing that right. That's because this weekend is the annual Irish Festival in Dublin. There will be music, bagpiping, sheep herding, sports, cooking, dance, and much, much more, beginning Friday and lasting all the way through Sunday at Kaufman Park. If you've got a Kiss Me I'm Irish pin... Now's the time to wear it. If you're interested in pageantry of a different sort, you might want to check out the Miss Gay Ohio pageant, which will crown a winner at... Axis Nightclub on Sunday, after a preliminary round of competition the day before. Or, celebrate the 100th anniversary of the Harlem Renaissance with a special Short North Gallery Hop on Saturday. A dozen artists were commissioned to create outdoor murals, and 10 galleries will have special art exhibits on display. Before you hit the streets for that, though, you might want to listen to the rest of today's podcast from your pickup, because today's guest is country music star Lee Bryce, the Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter whose latest self-titled album came out late last year, is performing Friday, August 3rd, at the Ohio State Fair. Thanks for joining us, Lee.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh,
1: it's my pleasure. Where are you calling us from?
0: Well, I'm in Nashville at the moment. I'm actually headed to, we're going to shoot a video for my latest single on the Radio Rumor. So we're shooting a video yesterday and today, and my bus will leave out tonight, and then we're headed on the road.
1: Outstanding. Can you give us a little sneak preview, maybe, about what we can expect in the video?
0: I can tell you this. It's... Kind of the farthest thing That you would probably imagine That the video would be about You know <laughs> This song is You know Kind of a Small town Rumors getting around You know Really quickly In a small town And small town vibes And it's really cool And kind of Bluesy and groovy And this video we just stepped it up. We wanted to do something different. So we stepped it up to a little bit more high fashion, really cool and like almost cinematic. And then the biggest part, the best part about it is my wife is in the video. So, and she's all sexy in the video. So it's going to be really cool.
1: Nice. Well, we'll look forward to that. <laughs> now, is it true that your wife was in one of your previous videos as well?
0: She's actually been in two. So, well, yeah, so our wedding footage, our actual wedding footage, was in our song, I Don't Dance. And then also, two singles ago, I had a song called called Boy that was out. And so my whole family was in the video, including my daddy and my, my two little boys. And, and Sarah was actually pregnant at that time.
1: So oh, wow. Now, will they be joining you out on the road? Not a whole lot, especially we got
0: school coming in. And, uh, you know, we've always really tried to kind of keep them grounded and separated from that. And so when they do come on the road a couple times a year, it's it's a special thing. You know, it's treat. It's, it's something that's fun for them. And it's not like, oh, here we go again, out with Daddy on, out, you know, on the two of us. And I just don't want them to feel like that's, you know, real life at their moment in their time. You know
1: mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, so, I mean, some of your best songwriting is about real life. How do you find a yeah. way to balance, you know, trying to actually live one when you're on the road so much? <laughs>
0: You know, it's a very difficult thing, but one of the biggest parts is I've got to... I basically pulled all my work that i do even at home say writing and recording normally i would do that at home any artist does that at home well i build a studio in my bus and i bring writers out on the road so that when i'm out there I can write songs and I can record them and I can start recording for my record there's a lot of stuff believe it or not on even this last record that i recorded on my bus riding down the road so that way I get a lot of that work done so that when i come home and I am home for say just two or three days of a week or two those three days days days, I can just be home, be with the kids, spend quality time, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. The songs on your latest album are really personal. Creatively, how do you get into, you know, the right state to tap into those topics, and and how vulnerable does it make you feel when you're writing about that?
0: Well, vulnerable is, is something that, you know, I feel like it's, I don't know, I guess, you know, my favorite songs of other artists growing up were stuff that I could, you could just tell that was, you know, them being honest, you know, you you know whether they wrote it or not, you know, you could just kind of feel those songs. And I've always been a sucker for that. I love the real stuff. So that, that comes natural for me to love songs and to write songs like that. But sometimes it comes down to, you know, writing, I mean, it comes down to, well, you know, we've got a song about this and this and this on the record. We don't have something about, you know, this or this personal moment or whatever, and so we specifically write towards that target, and it ends up, you know, seeming like, you know, it just, it works out to where when things start to pile up, you know, and you got to, kind of got it all going, that those personal songs are the ones that stick out to you the most.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you know, that those were the ones that you were drawn to growing up. Is there a particular song or two that really, even to today, still sticks with you?
0: A lot of songs, I mean, but there's stuff even, like, I listened to, I loved. I used to love Alabama, you know, and I, like, I used to love a song called Lady Down on Love. And I used to love to listen to Vince Gill. Vince Gill, you know, he loved to write love songs and then to write sad songs and to write that stuff. And a lot of people, especially these days, they want pop and they want rocking on the radio and they want fun. And and that's all good, but there's something about country music and about where it started from, you know, the blues and even, you know, Hank Senior and you know, I'm so lonesome I could cry, you know but he was singing about real stuff, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and so Vince Real and a lot of folks like that, you can just tell when they're singing and they're playing that it's coming from, from uh, somewhere deep inside them, but a part, part of that song is, is, a, is a, real, a real life situation.
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard you also mention in certain places about some of your musical influences being you know, everyone from your aunt playing gospel to Maroon 5, who you're going to be opening for in Canton on August Fifth. Can you talk about some of your musical influences, especially on this latest album?
0: Well, I've got a lot. I mean... You know, like you said, I grew up on gospel music, basically. Other than that, it was, my daddy listened to vocal groups, you know, Alabama, the Oak Ridge Boys, you know, he, he liked Kenny Rogers and stuff like that. But I, I really didn't have much of a, I was kind of under a rug there for a while until I got to high school, you know, and that's about all I ever got to hear. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't listen to pop radio, rock radio. I didn't really know about it much, you know then a million things came flooding into my life as soon as I started hearing stuff I was like oh wow I love it. so my musical range of what I love and truly what is a little part of all kind of stuff that I write is really a long list I mean everything from starting with Guns N' Roses and Pearl Jam you know in high school and stuff like that up until you know Coldplay and Maroon 5 and you know a lot of the new stuff out that's now John Legend and John Mayer and you know there's just so much that I love that what I I love about that, though, is that when I'm writing a song now, little pieces of it, it might be a little lick here or a melody there or an approach to a lyric that come from somewhere, you know, between all of those kind of characters that I just, all those bands and artists and writers that I just named. And so it's a really long list, but a lot of those guys were big. But, you know, the gospel influences were probably, the, the, that's the root of all, you know, of all that's me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's the root of it. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of side notes to it, a whole lot. And I'm sure most artists are that way. But, yeah, gospel definitely where it still is rooted from.
1: Okay. You mentioned pop. You know, there's a big debate, obviously, in the country community about the influence of pop in country music. What's your take on that?
0: Well, I mean, pop's always, it's always been creeping into country music. Country music's been ever-changing since it started. I mean, and I would say probably, but it's always kind of been on its own. It's face, and it was still a little different than everything else, you know. You know, it has definitely taken a, a bit more of a turn toward, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes, you know, country song on the radio as a, as opposed to, a, say, a top 40 song on the next station over that doesn't play any country music. So the sounds are getting a little the same and that kind of stuff. But the truth is, is those trends, they come and they go. Country music is truly about the working class out there, that the country, you know, most everybody in this world, you know, middle class folks who work hard and who, just like my daddy and my mama and my grandparents and everybody that I know, you know, country music is really kind of everybody in this world and so it's going to be what it is but the pop side of things man you know it's going to come and it's going to go and and music's going to change some people stay really country and I say more power to them and then some people go really pop and I say if you love that more power to you you know people are going to hear and listen to what they want to listen to no matter what happens and so I enjoy a little bit of all of it. You know, I enjoy kind of keep, I love classic steel, I love steel guitar, and I love, you know, a country telly, and I love that stuff. But I also love, you know, John Mayer and Coldplay and that stuff. So I love the the, the, some of the new sounds. So I like to put a little bit of all of it in there. So, you know, I just say more power to it. Mm
1: -hmm. You mentioned your origins. I mean, you grew up in a small, tough town in South Carolina. How's that reflected in who you've become and in the music that you create?
0: Well, you know, coming from where I come from and where a lot of country music musicians and artists have come from, I mean, we appreciate so much what we have, you know, if we, especially we have a little success and are able to pay our bills playing music, writing music. I mean, you know, I grew up digging ditches and pulling wire and, and building houses and, you know, paving lots. I mean, I've done so much stuff in my life that I enjoy doing, you know, but man, I really love doing what I love doing now, you know, and so there's a big appreciation for what what I'm doing, even though there's, you know, what I, what I do takes me away from home. I work really hard. It's not just getting up on that stage. That's the fun part. You know, there's a lot of hard work and sacrifice that goes into this, but you don't complain, you know, and you appreciate it with everything that's inside you. And, you know, growing up with those kind of working roots, you push through and you, you know, when you got 10 days in a row of 20 hour days, you just, you can push through because you're, you, you know, I've, I've grown up working my whole life. So if I'm going to be a working hard, you know, I'm glad that I can work. It's something that I love. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you talk about the series of charity concerts that you've been doing, too?
0: Well, I mean, we do any chance we get, you know. I just, every single day, I hear... A different story from a different person, multiple stories, and their their moments in their life. So many of them really just kind of make me step back and go, I'm so appreciative to have healthy kids and have a job and to have gas in my car. And, you know, so any chance I can get to help anybody else that's out there that's going through what, you know, really we went through struggling growing up and or health issues and things like that. That's kind of what I'm doing this for, you know. There's so many people out there less fortunate, and so anything that I can do all the time is something that I've never, you know, look over. It's hard because there's so many people you can't get to everybody, but we do our best to, you know, do as many concerts that, and, and not, not just concerts, but other things that, to help with all kinds of charities and, and the military and a lot of stuff is really important to us.
1: I also wanted to ask you, you know, you're not just a songwriter for yourself, but for other singers. What's What's the difference to you when you're writing for yourself as opposed to someone else?
0: There's really not any. You know, most of the time, and even the songs that I've had recorded by other people, I was writing for myself. I was writing a song as if I was going to record it. You know, I guess there have been times to where maybe I've gotten into a song, maybe kind of realized halfway through, maybe this isn't for me. And so, then yeah, you know, your imagination can run and go, you know what? It kind of feels like it could be a Jason Aldean thing or a Kenny Chesney thing or whatever it may be. And so, maybe we wrote it a little more towards that area if we kind of decided. But for the most part, I just write songs, you know, to the level of to where I would record them and I would want them to be, you know, a big part of my career, you know. And then I've gotten fortunate enough a few of them still resonated with some other folks. And, you know, it's been a big part of my songwriting career, you know.
1: What's the best line that you think you've written on your new album?
0: <laughs> I don't know. You know what? It could be the hook to uh, the songs in the kitchen, you know. Songs in the kitchen, songs in the car, songs in the church and then songs from the heart. And so to me, if it comes from the heart, uh, if it comes from a real place, it doesn't matter if it's really pop or if it's really country or if it's really acoustic or if it's heavy or whatever it may be. I've never really cared about what genre a song was as long as I could feel and sense that it was, even if it was just the writer who wrote it, it came from somewhere real. And so I love that. I love that line. Mm
1: Can you maybe give people a preview of what they can expect on your concert Friday night?
0: Well, I mean, I like to think of it like, you know, kind of a roller coaster. I'm not a, just come out and slam it in your face the whole time, and I'm not, you know, obviously we don't want to sit around and bore anybody to death, you know. So I've seen a couple concerts, one in particular, a couple of times. I saw Garth, you know, and and Garth would take you on a a wild ride, you know. He'd come and, you know, kick the lights out, but then he'd break it down to an acoustic guitar and hang his boots off the end of the stage and just have a moment with just him and the crowd and, and I really love the that, and I have always kind of modeled my my shows after that. And seeing that when I was younger, and you know, so I like the I like the dynamics in a show. Um, and uh, some people aren't that way, but that's just what I prefer. So kind of, for me, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. We're gonna get crazy, and we're also gonna hang loose a little bit.
1: Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that you're a former football player from Clemson, which has had a couple of memorable victories over Ohio State in recent years. Uh, you're not gonna rub that in at the concert are you
0: (laughs) no i'm not i uh i'm not a gloater i am proud (laughs) i'm proud of my boys for uh for you know heck for 10 seasons i think now we've had you know maybe two lost seasons so that's a good time for us Had a lot of good years in the last couple years like you said have been really special but i'm not gonna rub it in at all because uh y'all got too good of a program
1: (laughs) i don't want to eat my words later Well, Lee, thank you so, so much for not rubbing it in and for joining us here today. We're really, uh, it was really wonderful to have a chance to speak with you.
0: Well, absolutely. And so my wife is from Youngstown, Ohio. So, you know, it's kind of a second home up there. So we can't wait to get up there and see y'all, and it's going to be fun.
1: Outstanding. We'll give a little OH to the crowd, and I'm sure they'll give you an IO back.
0: All right, that's what we'll do.
1: All right. Thank you, sir. Yep, take care, Lee. And thank you for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.